everybody. Welcome to the Nonsense Podcast, episode 29 with Mike Baldwin. We, uh, as always, have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about January 6th and the lies coming out about that, or the truth, rather, coming out about that. Um, the weakening of our military a little bit, uh, Fauci, and the truth basically coming out about the pandemic, January 6th, the election, basically all of the things that Mike and I have for like two years been saying that a lot of people um, shunned us for and unfriended us uh, virtually and for real. <laughs> and we'll probably never get apologies for it, but that's okay. Um, it's not about us uh, necessarily. Uh, it's about the truth. And that's what we're all about trying to get to the bottom of here. You know, we don't claim to know everything, but Man, it just it just pours out every freaking day more and more, you know. It, it's overwhelming is what it is. We have to start doing more of these, um, figuring out a way to do this podcast more often, um, maybe for shorter blocks of time and more often just so we can try to get to everything because it's it's overwhelming, dude. Yeah, we need so, a we need a sponsor. If we have all we need is just enough money for both of us to pay all of our bills, and then we can dedicate 100% of our time to this show. That's all we need. How hard can that be? <laughs> I'm sure somebody's watching that's like, hey, did we divest that hundred million already? And yeah. some lady in her underwear is like, I don't know, let me check because she's also like works for the guy, but <laughs> all right, whatever. Yeah, shit's crazy, man, and there's a lot going on, and I just try to not, like any any story that I hear, I'm like, yeah, well, could have seen that coming, instead yeah. of being like, oh my god, like the world's gonna end. I'm just like, this is just one more step along the path that that was the only choice, otherwise we would have ended up in like world war or whatever. And, and we're getting close to it, but like they say, it's only when we're at the precipice do we find the will to change. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's kind of confusing, and you know, I don't listen to Alex Jones a lot, but I do sometimes just to kind of see where he's at on this stuff, uh, because he's written right about a lot of things, and even Joe Rogan will admit that. And, you know, he he's not a Q guy at all, doesn't take any stock in it at all and thinks it's all bs um well now he does when q first started coming out it was uh who did uh, alex jones have on there uh oh, i'll think of it in a second jerome corsi uh was like their inside q guy and alex is like yeah we we know q we know who it is we can't say and they were like pumping all that shit at the beginning so i've always been a little wishy-washy on Alex Jones, but he, I will admit he's been right about a ton of stuff. Like the overall Alex Jones point is like, you know, the government is doing shady shit behind our backs and lying to us about it. And that's definitely true. Um, but yeah, he, I don't like the, he, now he's like, I don't believe in Q. I don't follow any of that stuff. But when it was first coming out, when it was big, he was like, we know who it is. <laughs> and yeah, then that actually um, prompted Q posts after that that was like don't believe anybody that says that they have insider knowledge about anything that we're talking about like you can count on uh, one hand or maybe two hands I don't remember what it said the number of people who are like in the know of this project or whatever so then that led all the Q people to be like okay uh, so President Trump of course he has to tell his wife like he can't not tell his wife about it so she's got to be in on it and then people started assuming like Dan Scavino was part of it because he was like Trump's internet guy or whatever and uh, and then other stuff started coming out about uh, like Cash Patel whether Mike Pence was in on the thing or whether he was just like serving him playing his own role or whatever i don't know and we could do a whole fucking podcast on q theories and shit how do does he does whoever q is do they post recently they haven't posted in a long time right yeah no not since like uh november december or something like that the last thing that they posted was uh about dna and like who owns your dna and what do they do with it and that kind of stuff and i haven't really heard 
people say much about that. Did, did I hear this wrong that Trump retruth something um, Q related as far as like nothing can stop what's coming, nothing or something, the, the storm? Yeah, but then it's all it's either genius or just Trump being Trump and being like, I like that picture of me and I like the sentence of what it's saying, you know, like because we're going to get the deep state or whatever. So I don't know if it's Trump being like, yeah, I'm I'm in with this or whatever, but. The zero delta thing, I always go back to that because uh, Q would make a post and then within like 30 seconds, Trump would tweet something. So if it was the other way around, I could see it being coincidence or somebody just watching Trump's tweets or getting notifications or whatever. But somebody and and this happened multiple times, like and they were never connected, like the the post of Q and Trump's tweet were never about the same thing or whatever, but just the fact that the only way that they could do that, like people tried, like people on both sides were like, ah, it's fucking, it's a common thing because Trump tweets all the time. And so people were like, okay, tweet something 30 seconds before Trump does. And you get like four tries in a day, maybe. Like the odds of that happening, the only really way the 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 only way that could fucking happen is if they're in the same room together and Q, whoever Q is, is like, okay, sin. And then Trump's like, all right, wait a second, and tweet. Like that's the the only way that I could imagine it happening. So that's the proof that I that made me be like, fuck, like Trump really is on in on this stuff. And then Q things started not coming true necessarily because Q didn't make a lot of predictions other than right at the beginning when he was like, Hillary Clinton's going to be arrested in like a week or whatever. But I think like looking back now, that was a thing to get everybody riled up and be like, what the fuck is this? And then Q started being like, you know, who owns the media and who owns the whatever? And people started asking questions and shit. But then years later, then Q was like, you know, disinformation is necessary to, to do whatever and so basically it's like i don't know it's not predictions it's just questions and shit and it makes you be like yeah who does own the media like why is this guy that works at the white house why is his wife like the number one person at cbs or whatever like is that a coincidence maybe but then when you're like looking at who's married to who that runs fucking npr and everything else you know and it's like fuck they are they're all talking to each other they're all going to the same parties together like they're all in cahoots with one another so why wouldn't they move stories around to benefit themselves you know yeah i think i've mentioned this before i can't remember we've talked about so much and we've been doing this for about six months now but if you go back to like the obama administration especially and look at who in that administration was married to people like in higher ups of the media it's like, well, no wonder they never shit on Obama or brought any attention to the fact that he was, you know, a real live like Hitler as far as like bombing all these kind. The guy dropped like twenty nine thousand bombs in twenty sixteen. Can you imagine if Trump had been responsible for murdering literally, literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of like Middle Eastern people and shit? They, Anyway, we talk about that all the time, but they, the level of hypocrisy and bias and. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then Biden's like, oh, we got this terrorist guy. And then it turns out it was like a van of kids or something like that. And the news just didn't talk about it. They're just like, hey, you know, casualties of war. What can you do? Yeah. Speaking of war, um, if, if you don't read the Epic Times, if you're listening to this, um, you, you probably do or you might. You may have not, never heard of it, but. It's like the most, in my eyes, unbiased media out there as far as like a, a newspaper that you can get that's kind of mainstream or whatever. But one of the, the main headlines, the last one I got says, almost 80% of Americans age 17 to 24 unfit for military service because they're like obese and everything else. And you just have to wonder if that's not part of the design to weaken this country also, you know, like. I don't know. Yeah, make us fat and lazy and complacent. Yeah, and Americans are certainly that. Um, there's all kinds of interesting stuff in there. That the senators pushing back against the because Biden administration also wants to give 
um, the World Health Organization, who completely screwed up the pandemic or, or were just outright lying about all of it. They're trying to give them authority over over all this shit. And of course, Trump is going to I think he got rid of the World Health Organization before the end of his end of his uh, presidency, you know, didn't give them authority over anything. And Biden's trying to give it back, of course. And and I know we're on this side of it, but it, it sure seems like the Biden administration is nothing more than the deep states bitches. You know, that's that they're they're a puppet. They're all puppets for what they're, they're trying to do. Or they're part of the deep state itself and maybe not necessarily puppets. They're just playing a role, you know, and yeah. and the goal is like, I mean, it depends on I, I think the goal of the Biden administration is to push forward. It's the same thing that the left has been doing for hundreds of years, which is like, you know what the Overton window is, right? I don't. It's like the genuinely accepted view of how things are in America, like the way that people see things. And so you hear the phrase like that the left is moving the Overton window. So it's like as far as, uh, oh, uh, you know, gay marriage and trans LGBT, all that shit. Like 20 years ago, the Overton window was like, do whatever you want. Don't tell me about it that's it's none of my business and i won't tell you about sh shit that you don't want to know about either and that was the deal and then slowly they were like well they should be allowed to get married and people on the right are like hey the over to windows right here like we all agree it's fine but we don't talk about it and then and now it's like the idea of that is bigoted you know like of course we should talk about it we should embrace it and celebrate it and so the overton window moves farther and farther to the left so then like obama comes out and is like the supreme court says that gay marriage is legal like there's no debate about it no voting on it or anything it's just like now it's legal so that takes the overton window and just throws it way over here so now if anybody on the right is like not only do i think they shouldn't get married like I still don't even think they should fucking talk about it because I'm still back here. And now it's like, no, like, of course, gay people can get married. That's not even a fucking question anymore. But now it's like, do I let this man in a dress twerk in front of my infant or not? And this guy over here is like, Jesus Christ. Like, are we how fucking far are we going to go before it's just these people are literally fucking these kids and being like, you're a bigot if you don't approve of this. Like, so, but the point of all of that that I brought up was the Overton window never moves to the right. It always drifts slightly to the left. Like, but I, I guess now that I say that, like, it's becoming interesting now that it's people on the left that are against or I'm sorry, that are for big pharma, that are for censorship and that kind of shit. So I don't know. I don't know how it all works as far as that's concerned, but they talk about the parties switching in the past. And I was always like, parties can't just switch. But I mean, it's been four years and now it's all the people on the right, like saying like people should be able to say whatever they want and people on the left being like, no, censor them. So yeah. who knows what the fuck's going on? Well, because the, also because they've repeated so many phrases, you know, like it's a threat to our democracy. That's their favorite one, um, you know, and they, they've they've bought into that shit like, well, you can't say certain things because it emboldens people who are hateful and, you know, going to commit murder and all that other bullshit, you know, in the name of MAGA and all that other crap. And right. Uh, but you know. punch a Nazi is a totally fine thing to spread around the place. Like if you see a guy in a Trump hat, it's totally fine to just fucking punch him because that guy is a piece of shit. But yeah. bring your kid to me because I want to show it my asshole. <laughs> yeah, I think I sent you the video. I don't know if we're going to use it today or not, but about the the people twerking and, you know, just the drag show. I, I mean, 
there, there's an assault on common sense in this country. Like, how can anyone think this is somehow progressive to dance, you know, with no clothes on in front of a, if someone was dancing like that with like a freaking G string on in front of my four year old dude, they would have to pull me off, <laughs> you know, like, and I think there's a lot of Americans of that mindset but it's it's male or female if i if there was a chick in a short skirt with like a thong on i would be like don't fucking please don't bend over and gyrate in front of my child like i'm trying to enjoy a day at the park or whatever uh if you want to play the the middle video there then that's uh, basically on this exact subject it's matt walsh talking about it it's uh, less than a minute yeah, comedians are always joking about, you know, James Inman used to have a funny joke about like about boys getting like molested by their teachers and and their hot teachers and all that. And I get the mentality, 15-year-old boy, yeah, that's, you know, that's a great thing, but that kid's never going to be normal again. You know, if you have sex with your teacher at 13, you're not going to be able to date another 14-year-old two year a year later or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just that's I not do. how it works. Yeah, and it's funny because I could quote his joke right now, but I don't know if he would want me to spoil his joke for audiences that might see it. Yeah. Well, here's here's the video. Australia's youngest drag queen, 13-year-old Candy Featherbottom. Candy's love and passion for singing and performing came from watching a family-friendly performance at the local bowls club by Group Taboo. Well, there you go. Perfect example of uh, what we just talked about. There are some things worthy of hatred. Not hating the kids. It's not their fault. They're victims. This is this is sexual abuse. They are sexual abuse victims. We don't hate them. We hate what's being done to them. I mean, this is grooming. You even hear the kids say it. They they say that. Well, I you know I I saw uh, drag when I was ten years old, and that's what made me decide I wanted to get into drag. That's grooming. That's indoctrination. That's exactly why they want to expose the kids to this kind of stuff, so that the kids will emulate it. They're not wrong. Or I mean, yeah. he's not wrong. They yeah. are wrong, in my opinion, because it, yeah. I mean, it literally doesn't lead to anything other than sexualizing children like it. You the, you shouldn't talk to him about those kind of things at that age. And I guess the argument would be like, well, they're going to talk about them to each other, whether we talk to him about it or not. <laughs> and it's like, well, I don't honestly, I don't have a response to that. Because that's it's kind of the same as like sex ed was 10 or 15 years ago. You know, people were like, we don't want our kids learning that stuff at school. And then it's like, well, then I'm just going to watch porn or whatever. Or I'm going to ask my friends and shit. But maybe that's how it should be. You know, like you. I it just goes back to my thought from before of like, we should be trying to instill good morals into kids, which is like, hey, don't let people do things to your body unless you absolutely love them, you know? And And you're, and you're old enough to understand what's happening to you. Right. And I was going to say, you know, wait until you're 15 or something, at least before you start like fingering girls or whatever it is that you're doing. Like, don't, they don't need to learn about that shit when they're seven, you know? Like, because all that does is it just, it moves the Overton window to where it makes it okay for little kids to do sexual stuff, which is like in the, uh, what is it? Brave new world by Aldous Huxley, where they're like, all right, kids time for sex time. And then the kids just get naked and do weird shit to each other. And everybody's like, yep, that's how you learn. That's how I learned. Yeah. And kids don't talk about things that they're not exposed to. Like my brother did a great job with his children. They were as far as like how innocent they were for a long time. Like, let them be children as long as they possibly can, you know, and then you have better adults and when they're not exposed to certain shit until they're a certain age, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, no, I've seen I mean, it. My, my niece, I just saw my niece for the first time in years, uh, or my niece is, but I'm only telling the story about one. She's 14 and she's like, you know, smart. She does coding and shit. Like she's not twerking her ass or whatever you know she made me this dope ass bracelet that says mike is funny on it nice yeah i know it's cool and it goes with my watch kind of so i was pretty excited about it yeah Uh, but yeah i mean it's definitely possible for a kid to be a kid still but but then uh she i was 
I wasn't helping because I don't know anything about it, but I was looking at schoolwork that she had to do and she had to like find something in this long uh, paper that somebody that a teacher had written to a school board or something. And I don't know why they're showing kids letters that teachers wrote to school boards, but that was what their work was about. And in this letter, it was like, well, as we all know, like systemic racism is a huge problem and yada, yada. And it's like, what, you know, like why, why are they teaching kids that like, why do they, it's like Morgan Freeman said in an interview one time, they were like, how do we solve racism in this country? And Morgan Freeman's like, quit fucking talking about it. Like it's, I don't want black history month. He's like, do you have white history month? When is that? Like, why, why do we have to focus on any of this shit? It's just like, don't be a piece of shit. Don't be an asshole. Do your work. Fucking be nice to people. Like it doesn't matter what color you are or where you're from or what language you speak or anything like if we're going to have the United States of the world one day, then that's the way that it's got to be is like, you can, you can get through life without physically hurting anybody. Yeah. And stop making a, stop breaking out a new movie every three years to, indoctrinate the new generation about how evil whitey is you know because every few years there comes a, another smash hit movie about don't forget <laughs> don't right. forget what whitey did and it's like well, oh, and, shit. and i'm sure that during the history of the united states if you go back to 1600 or whenever i'm sure that you could find a story of uh of some black dudes that it like did terrible things to a white guy and i don't need to see a movie about that to know that yeah it probably happened you know there were probably white guys that did terrible like non-slavery things to black families or whatever but i don't need to see a movie about that either because all it does is make people be like ah fuck them fuck that side and i we don't i don't know i feel like it's it just they want to divide us yeah and they're, they've they've been doing a great job, but I I, I I've said I said this on an Instagram post or whatever, but I do feel like it's I feel like it's coming back. I feel comedy is coming back a little bit. Like I think audiences are getting better there for a couple of years. I was like, man, do I even want to do comedy anymore? Like it's not as fun as it used to be. And lately, shows have been better, and audience members have been better, and people have been coming up to me afterwards and thanking me for some of the things that I say and you know, no one has been complaining. I probably shouldn't even be saying this cause I'm doing the comedy store tomorrow night and I'll probably get, <laughs> <laughs> probably get some angry emails uh, or people coming up to me afterwards or, you know, uh, dirty looks or whatever. And, and I did, you know, the younger people, especially I can always look out there and see some of them. It seems like they're not having a good time or it seems like they're mad at me or something. And sometimes I'll just catch them at the wrong time because then I'll look back over and then they'll be laughing and I'm like, oh, they don't hate me. Um, but it's it's always if someone doesn't look like they're having fun, it's usually a young person and they're usually white girls. <laughs> yeah, that exact thing happened to me in Springfield. I I did. I was supposed to do an hour or whatever, and my first 45 minutes or whatever were probably uh or not probably they were, you know, dick and fart jokes and drinking stories and that kind of stuff. And I didn't get into anything political or coronavirus -y or anything. And these girls in the front row were just loving me the entire time. And then I started talking about Trump and coronavirus and media lies and that kind of stuff. And, and God, they crossed their arms and just, sneered at me the rest of the time and then didn't even say anything on the way out just wouldn't make eye contact or anything just left so i know that they were getting in the car being like man that sucks that that guy has to think that way like he was funny up until he started saying those things instead of wondering like does he have a point you know and and i know that those people are out there too but it, it it's hard to crack that when someone has been brainwashed, which is what I call the last few years that's happened to this country, especially it's very hard to get people to come around to that line of thinking. You can hit them with nothing but facts and, and things that you're like, 
you just want to shake them. Like, what don't you understand about what I'm saying to you right now? They've been lying to us for a long time, and, and this is why. And you explain it as best as you possibly can, and they won't. And it doesn't have to be younger people either. Like, during the beginning of this pandemic or whatever, when, when I finally came out and was like, you know, I don't think Trump's the devil they point, they've made him out to be. I would argue with people like from the comedy store or whatever, and, and you know, I would message them and be like, hey, man, you know, I genuinely like you, and here's why I feel the way I do. And I would send them this long, detailed message explaining exactly, you know, read, I would read the message and be like, I couldn't have explained that any better. Send. And then they just write back this, instead of talking to me about it, they would just be like, or oh, you've been duped. And I'm like, fuck, why did I waste a half an hour messaging this person? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I did that a few times before I was like, Tim, stop wasting your time with these people. It's it's futile. They'll find out one day or they won't. And I think some people will never come to terms with the fact that we've been lied to forever in this country and especially in the last few years. According to Q, only four to six percent will never wake up. Everybody else is fully capable of grasping the situation once it gets to a certain point. And I don't know what that point is, but I think we're, I mean, God, we got to be getting close to it because I honestly don't know how much more shit we can do before we are in, in a full-blown world war, you know? Yeah. Well, I hope he's right. And at the same time, I wonder how they're ever going to be right when some people will not watch Fox, like Tucker Carlson's the one coming out about all the January 6th stuff. And there are some people who like I like I won't watch CNN. They will not watch Fox or Tucker Carlson or you don't you, know. you don't need to watch Fox to know what Tucker Carlson's talking about if it's a big story. Because I mean I didn't watch the January sixth video stuff on Fox. I saw it on Twitter, you know, because yeah. somebody shared it, and so it's like uh, I wish God I we need to figure out how to do screen sharing or whatever on here. Um, there was a good video. I should have got it from January 6th. Anyway, the point we can talk about it in a minute, but because of Twitter, because of, I mean, if Facebook gets to that point where they will allow you to share a fucking Tucker Carlson thing without labeling it misinformation or whatever, then, uh, then yeah, I mean, people don't need And The only reason Tucker Carlson's being attacked is because when you can't attack the information itself you have to attack the messenger it's like oh that guy said it well that guy's a piece of shit and now they're coming out with all these like texts i guess from tucker being like i don't even like donald trump and i'm watching that like i don't give a fuck dude like you're still showing me a video that nobody else has access to at this point and i like the fact that i get to now have this information Somebody took the uh, ending scene from Titanic and then made a meme out of it. And it said, uh, when you show up at the Capitol building with uh, like horns and face paint or whatever, and it's like all the guys like opening the doors for them and like applauding them in and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was free to walk around the Capitol. He wasn't uh, doing anything illegal technically. But to be devil's advocate or whatever, like as uh, what's his name? Brandon struck the uh, walk away movement guy. Um, he was saying, you know, there's four sides to the Capitol. And depending on which side you are, you probably had a different experience that day because there there were sides where people were fucking pushing on the police and fucking breaking windows and doing shit like that. But then on the other side is where they were opening doors and that kind of stuff. So it's just another example of the hypocrisy of if you compare January 6th to like the 2020 riots, you can make the same arguments on both sides about both things. You can either look at it and be like, everybody there was fucking out of their minds and they all wanted to fucking hurt people. Or you can be like, well, no, most people that were there were just there protesting or whatever, letting their voices be heard. And there were some assholes here and there. But I mean, CNN wasn't 
wrong, I guess, when they had that thing on the screen that said fiery but mostly peaceful protests. It's just the idea that, like, you can't have shit on fire and call it peaceful. But when you break it down the same way that we're breaking down January 6th, it's like, sure you can. Like, 95% of the people that were out there in the 2020 riots were just, like, chanting Black Lives Matter and singing songs and shit. Like, it was only a, a small percent. So, really, I mean either both sides need to agree that that's the case or both sides just need to drop it. But I know that the left is not dropping January 6th. They're not going to go, all right, whatever. It was a protest that got a little out of control in some spots. They're like, no, it's the fucking insurrection. Like this, this was these guys trying to take over the government. And I don't think that's what it was at all. Yeah, and I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, um, there was way more carnage and bad things that happened in the 2020 riots than there were January 6th. I mean, Brian Sicknick didn't die from getting beaten the head with a fire extinguisher. Five officers did not die in the in the Capitol riots. And that was all bullshit that, you know, they, they died after the fact of of things that weren't related to what happened on January 6th and correct. Yeah. And actual Trump supporters did get killed. Like imagine if protesters had gotten killed by police during the 2020 riots, like that would have started even more riots because it was a, an anti-police thing, you know, like I imagine there were a lot of conversations about that during Trump's administration where he was like, uh, you know, there's the whole story about and the left will say like Trump being a little bitch and hiding in a bunker because some protesters were outside or whatever. And it was like, no, they were trying to jump fences and like get into the White House and shit like that's a security situation. But just imagine like if one of the Secret Service guys had fired on those people that were jumping over the fences and stuff like that would have led to riots too. like Trump's a fucking fascist. He's killing people that don't agree with him. But then on January 6th, like, what's her name? Ashley Babbitt got shot and killed. And granted, she shouldn't have been breaking a window and climbing through it or whatever. But the White House people shouldn't have been doing the things that they were doing. Like, they both had equal right to get shot at. And you can argue whether that right should have existed or not. But then there was another lady. What was her name? Roseanne Boyland or something who just uh, I don't remember what happened to her exactly. She either got trampled or or the cops beat her to death or something happened. I know there's video of her getting messed with by the police, uh, but nobody talks about her. I don't know. It's yeah. uh, it, it's just the hypocrisy or whatever. We could talk about it all day. This next but video for, is for, funny. for Kamala Harris to compare January 6th to like D-Day and, and 9-11 or whatever yeah. absurdity she compared it to. I'm like, those are not even in the same ballpark. I mean, not even close. Uh, fucking absurd. What 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 uh, video we got next here, buddy? Uh, I spliced two videos together for this, but it's uh, the one that says lab leak on it. Is that, can you see that? I can't see the lab leak bark, but is that the dude or is that the girl? The girl. Okay. So I added this thing at the end that I saw on another meme that somebody posted, and I just thought it was funny. Uh, so we'll see if it works the way that I did it. Okay. And if there's any way to raise your volume, I feel like it is still a tad low. Okay. How's that? Louder? I think it's a little louder, yeah. Here, All right. News, the director of the FBI tonight for the first time acknowledging... COVID-19 likely came from a lab leak in China. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? Why do you keep using this? Because it comes from it's China. Racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. That's why. It comes from China. I want to be accurate. <laughs> right? I thought that was funny. Somebody, if you're just listening, somebody took like super racist-y Chinese eyes and Chinese teeth and like put them on some glasses and it made it look like Trump and Mike Pence were wearing them just <laughs> standing there casually. It made me laugh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It, 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 is Fauci ever going to get in trouble for this shit? 
think, think more more and more stuff is coming out every day that uh yeah they just had who was that robert redfield i think the guy who used to be the number one at the cdc um i forget who it was that was talking to him but can you hear me you're looking at me like no i was weird I had turned off my keyboard and I realized it because I kept trying to turn up the volume and I realized that I had the keyboard off. So I turned it up. So now you sound much better. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, so I can turn my volume back to normal level again and quit screaming at people? Yeah, especially since your voice is jacked up. Yeah, all right. See, I knew somebody was going to be like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I hate that when they adjust volume on stuff. It, they do that during comedy shows all the time, too. And I can see people be like, mm because it's just that surprise loudness out of nowhere but uh yeah i forget what we were talking about damn it sorry about that uh Doesn't you, know, matter. you had a good point you were you were talking about but those I are remember. the only kind i make <laughs> uh so yeah fuck sorry about that um what, would, what do we got next year uh, the uh, comparison of Hitler to the way shit's going right now. That's a less than a minute video. We can watch that real quick. Yeah, and uh, yeah, let's just watch the video first. Uh, basically, he came at a time of crisis, an economic crisis. He rose out of that crisis. Uh, Hitler, believe it or not, then proceeded to, out of that crisis, take control of the government, the schools, the media. He took over the medical industry. He took over the science industry, again, the education, all of it. He took over the transportation industry. And then he began to promise everybody utopia, a thousand-year okay. Reich, if you'd let him do this new regime, this new Third Reich. And and then he even promised people that he was, believe it or not, this is in print, that he was going to get rid of pollution. He was going to save the animals. He was going to save the trees. He promised the world the, the utopia and all that stuff. If your listeners and viewers are paying attention all that I just described is exactly what Klaus Schwab right. is bringing to the planet. All he did was take the Third Reich and changed it and called it the Fourth Industrial Revolution. You need to call it for what it is. It's the Fourth Reich. This is what this guy is up to, and this is the missing piece that people need to get. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that guy, if Klaus Schwab in particular, is like the guy, but... He's definitely the face of it right now. But George Soros or somebody like that could equally be that same face. Yeah. And so many things that the Biden administration um, has been carrying out, uh, they, they've literally taken a playbook, out, a page out of the Nazi playbook from World War II as far as like everything that they've done. And that's historically what people do is they go back in history uh, far enough that most people don't realize what's happening. And they're just like, well, this is how the Nazis did it. So this is how we'll do it, too. And that's that guy said it pretty, pretty succinctly within a minute. Uh, what the Biden administration is carrying out, you know, the deep state wishes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there you know that there are guys in government that are sitting around being like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitler was bad, but. He did convince millions of people. Like, what did he do? Like, how do we do? I want to be as good as Hitler, but not, but I'm going to be good, but I still want to do it like Hitler style. That's and kind of funny. Speaking of things that Hitler did, he, he burned a burned down the Capitol building and blamed it on, I believe it was the communists, but it was actually, they burned it down and just, you know, like they're doing today. Every bad thing that happens in this country, according to them, is Trump supporters and MAGA and the new fascist regime of all these dicks. And it's like, that's not that's bullshit. And that's exactly what Hitler did was cause carnage and blame it on the people on his enemy. Yeah. Well, we can watch this uh, Jordan Peterson thing if you want to, or we can go right into uh, what the House of Representatives guys are doing right now, which is. Uh, talking twitter files stuff how long is the jordan peterson less than a minute it's him talking about obama versus uh trump and it looks edited because i'm sure in the video he says uh obama got a nobel prize for doing nothing other than becoming president while black and but then it cuts so I know he I feel like Jordan Peterson wouldn't just say that without some sort of follow up or something. So it does just keep that in mind. But the point overall point that he's making is uh, is valid.
Yeah. President Obama received a Nobel Prize for doing nothing but winning a presidential election while being black, to put it bluntly. And I think he knew it, although he cravenly accepted the prize anyway. Trump and his team and all the people from the Middle East involved in the Abraham Accords received almost no legacy press attention, certainly none that was positive, and certainly no Nobel Prize, even though what they managed was clearly the most significant advance on the peace front in that embattled region since World War II, at minimum. Yeah, we could go into more detail about that one week also, about what exactly the Abraham Accords were and what countries signed on and stuff like that. And I remember, and I'm not going to remember the country, but I know, you know, like Israel signed a peace deal with somebody or something happened. And, and I texted that to my little group text with all my friends that hate Trump. And the few that aren't leaning one way or another, but there's enough that hate him that I'm like, what about this, you guys? And their excuse was like, well, Israel is not at war with fucking whoever. So what's the point of a peace deal if you're not at war with somebody? And I was like, there's different levels of the spectrum besides peace and war. Like, just because they weren't shooting at each other every day or bombing each other or whatever doesn't mean they were on, like, good terms. And now they are on good terms because of this agreement. Like, it's it's one more step towards peace in the Middle East. And they're like, ah, we don't give a fuck about that. And it's like, if, if Obama had done this, it would be the... He would have won the Nobel Prize for it. Absolutely. If anyone but Trump had done this, they would be, you know touted as the greatest president ever and given the Nobel Peace Prize and everything else. And I mean, what he did with North Korea, what he did with in the Middle East, it, those are all like earth shattering things as far as in, in this, in the, uh, on the list of things that people never thought he would do. Like he's a Hitler. He's going to start world war three. No, he kept us out of that shit. And this new administration, I mean, people don't realize, I don't think, the general public, how close we might be to getting nuked right now from freaking Russia because of all the shit Biden has done and continues to do. Very yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. But I hope that when Trump visited with all these presidents and leaders and stuff during his term, that part of the conversation was... All right, Biden's going to be in here next. Don't fucking believe anything he says. You can, you know, shoot back if you get shot at. Please don't nuke anybody. Like, I'll be back in a few years, and then we'll work it all out. And I don't know if that's really what's going on, but I have a feeling it. I don't think Trump was surprised that he lost the 2020 election. I feel like now the way things are and the shit that Q was saying while Trump was still president, and he was like, you know, sometimes you can't tell people the truth. You have to show people the truth. And then, you know, right after the election, when they were like, Biden won, then I posed the question on one of the message boards like, Jesus Christ, you guys, like, do you think Biden becoming president is Q's way of being like, here, we'll show you. And everybody's like, he better not be because I can't fucking I don't think I can go four years of this stuff. And that was like before January 6th and before his inauguration and all that. And that's when people were still like, he won't get inaugurated like there's no way. But then that's another thing we can talk about one day, too, because I watched a dude the other day that was talking about like the amount of gunshots and the different cannons that they shoot off and the songs that they play, depending on what the occasion is. And this guy was saying, like, Trump got his own thing secretly somewhere else. And they were playing like funeral songs and shit for Biden and not doing like the 21 gun salute or whatever it's supposed to be. He was like, listen, they did 11. And what 11 means is and he busts out like the military handbook or whatever. And I don't know how much of any of that is true, but I know it was interesting. Yeah. Well, something you said made me think of this, like as far as people, people are waking up. I used to say in my act, I would do, I would do a joke about Obama and then I would, and, and I, I don't want to do the whole thing, but I would, I would basically go, I'm just kidding everybody. I never voted for Obama. 
And I go, I never voted for anybody back then. I didn't think our vote counted. I just thought they installed whoever they wanted to install. It turns out I was right. And that used to get me nothing but stared at because people didn't understand. And lately, that gets an applause break and people laugh at it. And it never did before to the point where I was like, you got to stop saying that. No one, no, you lose the audience there. But now people are like, amen. It's like they're finally getting it. Like this election was stolen. There's no way that freaking idiot got the most votes in history. It's just not, you know, it's not feasible. It's not feasible. Especially when Trump got 10 million more votes than he did the last time he got elected. I mean, he got the second most in history, and that's why they had to get 81 million for Dum Dum, because that's the only way that he could win the election. You cannot tell me. I will never believe that. Like I've said before, I would bet everything but the life of my son that that is not true. Yeah, well, and that's why they don't want people looking into the elections and and doing forensic audits and that kind of shit that they started doing uh, right after the election. You know, that's what the Arizona stuff is about. Hopefully it leads to something. I don't know when it's uh, today's the ninth. I forget when the uh, Arizona Supreme Court said that they were going to take up Carrie Lake's case. Um because it's gone through a couple of courts already and inevitably it's going to go to the Supreme Court because uh, no matter what the Arizona Supreme Court says, the other side of the Kerry Lake thing is going to fight it and try to take it to the Supreme Court, you know? Um, so I, maybe some of that stuff will come out eventually and maybe we will all know the way that we know now that COVID was created in a lab and that kind of shit, maybe we will know in a year or two that, oh yeah, like Trump won in 2020 and it was all bullshit. And it'll just be another thing that we can chalk up and be like, we've been trying to tell you, man. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're right. I think he did know that he wasn't going to win that election. And that was, that was all part of, if you believe in the long game and everything that that was, that was, you know, if he had become president and had been business as usual, you still would have had your people who hated Trump and, and all that other stuff. And if it hadn't gone this way, people could have never, they would have never woken up and it wouldn't have been better than, but for one term, it would have gone back to the same bullshit when he was out of there. as that has always been meaning that the deep state is in control and all the stuff that we believe Trump is fighting against and slowly turning around. Um, hopefully yeah hopefully otherwise we're all screwed (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what's Jimmy Jordan saying here Uh, this is his uh, opening statement in uh, in today they had uh, it's the uh, what the house hearing on the Twitter files so they had Matt Taibbi on there who's one of the guys who put out the first Twitter files and then they had Michael Schellenberger on there too and uh this first part is just Jim Jordan's opening statement telling us kind of why they're there and what has been going on. He starts off talking about the Hunter Biden laptop. So uh, yeah, you can, we'll just watch it. When did the government say it was going to happen? October of 2020. And who did the government say it would involve Hunter Biden? Now think about it. Government had no evidence of any intrusions, no evidence of a hack and leak yet. For a year, they tell Twitter that a hack and leak is coming. It's coming in October, and it will involve Hunter Biden. No evidence, but the FBI knows what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and who it's going to involve. Now, that's amazing. That is amazing to me. Maybe, I mean, maybe they get the time right. We're kind of used to October surprises every four years. So maybe they get the time right, but they got the time, they got the method, and they got the person. That's amazing. It's almost like these guys were clairvoyant. How did they know? How did they know? Maybe it's because they had the laptop and they had had it for a year. They had the laptop. They knew it wasn't hacked, but that's not what they told Twitter. They didn't tell Twitter that information. And Twitter believed, frankly, everything they said. In those weekly meetings, the FBI had built a cozy relationship with this tech company and others as well, we believe. Emails between the FBI and Twitter began with the greeting. Hey, Twitter folks, emails that asked Twitter to take down accounts and limit visibility of tweets. 
The FBI handed out security clearance to folks at Twitter. They communicated with Twitter on the secret teleporter app where messages disappear after a certain length of time. And of course, they paid Twitter $3.4 million. Oh, that was the end. Um, I was trying to find this other thing real quick. I don't know if I'll be able to. Um, but this next video, it, it's funny to me, and I guess both sides do it, but they've got uh, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger were called by the Republicans to say the shit that they're saying today. So, of course, the Democrats that are on this committee are basically like, trying to get Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger to admit that they're both piece of shit assholes. And they're both like, no, we're not. But it's always funny because in these hearings and stuff, oh, are you still there? I saw it do a weird thing. Um, yeah. During these hearings and stuff, the Democrats will ask questions in the form of statements and then ask them to be like, yes or no. And it's not a yes or no thing necessarily that like it takes context. The guy has to be like, well, if you're talking about this, then yes, maybe. But they won't ever let him do that. So they're like, answer me yes or no. And the guy starts to answer and they're like, I don't, don't want to hear it. My next question is, and they just won't even let him. So uh, this is uh, fucking what's her name? Wasserman Schultz, who's kind of stupid and annoying, but it's a decent video. And I cut some things together for later. Chairman, Mr. Taibbi, I, I want to ask about journalistic ethics and information sources. The Society of Professional Journalists Code of Ethics asserts that journalists should avoid political activities that can compromise integrity or credibility. Being a Republican witness today certainly casts a cloud over your ob objectivity. But a deeper concern that I have relates to the ethics of how journalists receive and present certain information. Journalists should avoid accepting spoon-fed, cherry-picked information if it's likely to be slanted, incomplete, or designed to reach a foregone, easily disputed, or invalid conclusion. Would you agree with that? I think, it's, I think it depends. Really? You, you wouldn't agree that a spoon-fed, cherry-picked, Probably a dozen stories involving whistleblowers. Every reported story that I've ever done across three decades involves sources who have motives. Every time you do a story, you're making a, a, a balancing test okay. reclaiming, between the public reclaiming interest. Reclaiming my time. Thank you very much. Okay. I ask you this because before you became Elon Musk's hand-picked journalist, so, and pardon the oxymoron, you stated this on Joe Rogan's podcast about being spoon-fed information, and I quote, I think that's true of any kind of journalism, and you'll see it behind me here. I think that's true of any kind of journalism. Once you start getting handed things, then you've lost. They have you at that point, and you've got to get out of that habit. You just can't cross that line. Do you still believe what you told Mr. Rogan, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Good. Now, you crossed that line with the Twitter files. No. Elon Musk, it's my time. Please do not interrupt me. Gentlemen, uh, Mr. Taibbi, uh, would you care to, I'm down here on this end, sir, uh, I'm, uh, would you care to respond to the attack on your ethics? You weren't given really an opportunity to answer. And if you'd be brief, I've got a bunch of stuff I want to ask you as well. Sure, just quickly, the, that moment on the Joe Rogan show, I was actually recounting a section from Seymour Hersh's book, Reporter, where he described a scene where the CIA gave him a story, and he was very uncomfortable uh, he said that I, who had always gotten the secrets, was being handed the secrets. It, look, again, I've done lots of whistleblower stories. There's always a balancing test that you make when you're given material, and you're always balancing newsworthiness versus the motives of your sources. In this case, the newsworthiness clearly outweighed any other considerations, and I think everybody else who worked on the project agreed. Eh, I, the more I watched that, I was like, well, maybe this wasn't fitting for the show necessarily. But I just uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you haven't been following any of the uh, House hearings and stuff like that, like it's worth it to just I, I watch them on YouTube because you can scroll back to the beginning and then I can watch it at like two times speed and skip over the bullshit and all that. But. 
they're making valid points and the the overarching point of all of it is that the government and the media are in cahoots with one another and they are withholding information and lying about shit yeah none of this stuff i don't believe is on mainstream media you know the stuff coming out about january 6th and you know other than obviously tucker um and fox none of them are talking about it it's uh it's pretty freaking gross man um what do we want to wrap up with here because i gotta get out of here pretty soon if i can get this cut up in time we're gonna wrap up with this video that somebody made about the uh january 6th thing and it'll take about 45 more seconds so if you've got something cool to talk about um i don't know what i got to talk about this cool <laughs> i had a fun time in arizona um jp's comedy club was awesome and uh everybody that that works there they're all in the they're all the family you know yeah. and they're all awesome the other comics there were awesome man we stood in that back parking lot area because i'm a dirty cigarette smoker and so that's where we hung out most of the time but man we just laughed and laughed about there was a there's like a Chinese restaurant right next door and they had their back door open. And this guy and it's an Asian. I don't know if it's Chinese food, honestly, but it was an Asian guy and an Asian lady at, that work at a restaurant. And this Asian guy was just screaming at this lady. And we're back there and we could hear it, you know, and he's like, and I was like, I wonder what he's saying to her. And this dude, Ezra, was like pretending to be this guy's voiceover or whatever and he was like i love you like the stars and the moon and <laughs> it was just really funny because this guy was obviously saying shitty things to this lady and uh yeah i don't know we just laughed about it and they were yelling at each other all weekend so every time we would come out there we would be like your love is like a moonbeam bouncing off of a river into my soul and yeah, anyway. It Did matter. you happen to pimp our podcast there? Because I feel like the people that come to those shows would appreciate this podcast. Uh, I haven't ever said anything about the podcast while I was on stage, but I did tell JP and his wife about it, and they were both like, oh, well, then we'll listen to that. So I think we have at least one new listener. Well, I'm going to put up a post to, like, today or tomorrow about the podcast and not include the link or whatever, just tell people because I know that, that, that all the social medias censor it and don't, you know, they, they don't, they don't tell people about it. It doesn't end up in anybody's news feed and it pisses me off. So maybe if I just tell people without putting the right. link. Um, all right. And then to end this show, this last video is uh, footage from January 6th. And then one of these guys, I think his name's on the video, I hope, uh, just made a funny voiceover to it. And it made me laugh. And But it also shows information. It shows that it was, it, it was indeed a mostly peaceful day. Yeah. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the U.S. Capitol Building. If you've joined us today for the insurrection, please make sure you pick up a promotional leaflet on the way in, stay inside the safety cordons at all times, and if you get lost, speak to one of our Capitol Police officers, they'll be sure to point you in the right direction. And be sure to set aside a little time today to join us for some insurrection activities, including our photography tour, our fancy dress competition, and have a go on our climbing wall. But don't forget those safety ropes. And I've now received the results of our fancy dress competition. The winner today is Jacob Chansley. That's Mr. Jacob Chansley. If you could report to your nearest Capitol Police officer, they'll be sure to give you your prize, a guided tour of the building. And all that's left is for me to thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the insurrection. Wherever possible, please try to clean up after yourselves. Don't forget to visit the souvenir shop on the way out. And feel free to join us on the outdoor terrace for Nancy Pelosi's insurrection soiree. Grab yourself a light refreshment and enjoy the music of our very own Fancy Dress Competition winner.
<laughs> eh, it was stupid. Yeah, yeah. Well, the gist of it, man, and people listening, is that uh, January 6th was bullshit, and some of us knew the day it happened that it was bullshit, and uh, it was. It wasn't what they made it out to be. It never was, just like most of the things that come up in mainstream media, um, especially if it makes Trump look like the devil, which is what they've tried to do for seven or eight years now straight. So. Yeah, it, we're, we're getting to be close to a decade of all this stuff, and... I don't know. It's like you said, more and more people are waking up and and more people are are starting to realize that that we've been lied to for a long time. Yeah. Well, let's hope, brother. I got to get out of here, but it was good talking to you as always. And uh, we'll do it again soon. And yep. And I'll be at uh, Crackers in Indianapolis on the 17th and 18th. So come check me out. Okay, I'd love to get back in that room myself. So uh Oh, I can. Well, but you're so far away. I don't know if it would be worth it to fly there and do all that stuff. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. I'll figure it out. All right, brother. I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Good show. Bye, everybody. And bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Nonsense. Episode 29. I hope you guys enjoyed that. As always, go to making it happen. M-A-C-A-N it happen.com. Help out little Bo Macon and his family. And thanks for tuning in. Please share these podcasts wherever you can. And uh, God bless all of you. Take care and God bless. Bye-bye.